If you have ever wondered how you can make learning fun, maybe you're doing speech sounds like this episode series, and maybe you're doing math facts, whatever it is. If you have wondered how it is that you can implement uh, some simple strategies, things that just use your normal home life in order to be able to practice, stay tuned. This episode's for you. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned, because In this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee, along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. Welcome back to this series, Helping Your Child Produce Speech Sounds. Because as you have probably noticed, as we teach speech sounds, we are also getting to be better parents. And the reason that this is, is because we're getting down to the little nitty gritty of how it is that our children learn. And once we understand how it is that their brains are learning and the little steps along the way and how to be able to address each of those steps and to see your child and what step is needed, you become a better parent. And this series on teaching speech sounds helps you to be able to identify on a micro level, what it is that your child needs next. If you're finding this challenging, you are not alone. You are in good company. And that is exactly why I have developed the Parents Playground for Teaching Speech, which is a program that helps you know what are the steps you need to do to help your kiddo learn to speak. But it also dives deeply into parenting and how it is that we can identify what it is that our children need. So whether you need it to veer more into behavior to help you manage those difficult behaviors and how to communicate with your kiddo, or if it's veering more into speech sound development and language development because you need your kiddo to be able to say sounds and express themselves more easily, it doesn't matter. The steps are really the same. It's getting to be back to school time, 
And if you want to address some of these issues yet this summer, before you go back to school, now is the time. Um, email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and I will be happy to set up a time to meet with you. Also, uh, there's a calendar link in my show notes and you are welcome to schedule a time that we can talk about your needs and how I can help. And of course, keep listening to the podcast and send your questions. Because if you have the question, you're not alone. Other people have the same questions. And I'll be delighted if I'm able to address that question in an episode just for you. Before we begin, I just have an announcement to make because I'm kind of excited about this. We have officially passed 5,000 downloads. So thank you, thank you, everybody, for your support. And I ask that any of you that are listening... Uh, if you have not yet left your review on Apple Podcasts, you hop on over there now and leave a written review. The place where you will find it is when you come to my show, scroll down, and then you will see stars. And then you fill in the five stars. And then in little purple writing to the left and just down a bit, you will see write a review. Click on that and it brings you to a window where you will be able to leave a written review. Written reviews help me tremendously, so I will appreciate it, and I want you to know that I love reading those reviews. I find it so encouraging, and I just love finding out what it is that is helpful so that I can put out more content of the same and similar for you. So, let's celebrate 5,000 downloads. Hoot hoot! All right, let's get into today's show. We are back in the series of Helping Your Child Produce Speech Sounds. Now, this is an, a series that I have designed with not just speech sounds in mind, but rather strategies in mind. Today's strategy is to help the child hear how one sound is different from what they're currently doing. Now, if you're going to link that into behavior, here's your little pro tip. It's helping the child identify what it is that they're doing and how that is different from what you want them to do. So if you're really thinking behavior, have this strategy in the back of your mind. So back to speech. When a child has a speech sound mistake, they have an error in their sound, they do one of two things. One, they substitute a different sound for the sound they're supposed to say, or they have a blank space there. They omit a sound there. So if we take an example, a substitute for cat might be tat. They have a T at the beginning in place of the C. If the speech sound error is to omit sound, that means that there's simply no sound in that space. So the word cat might be at, and you'll hear that the C at the beginning was completely gone, it was absent, or maybe we'll put the omission on the ending sound. So it'd be ka. And either one would be a mistake of omission or an error of omission. They take out the sound. Both are common. Both are speech sound errors that need to be corrected. And for both of them, the first thing we really focus on is awareness. If your child has these errors and you've never addressed them, your child's brain is simply completely innocent of awareness of those differences. They simply don't really know. They are unaware 
that there's a difference between what it is that they're saying and what it is that they ought to say. And a step up, maybe they can hear that there's a difference from how you say it and how they say it, but they're unaware how to make that difference. Or maybe your child is at the step where they've been told, so they have a knowledge that they need to do things differently, but they can't produce the correct movement in their mouth. It just They just really don't know uh, where to go with it, and so their mouth is kind of all over the place. And maybe your child is one step up from there. They can make the sound sometimes when they're really focused on it, but they don't yet know how to bring it all over into all the different words so that their sounds are there all the time. Maybe they don't know how to get their tongue and the airflow and their voice all put together correctly. To give you an example of how it is that we would teach this kind of awareness, let's use the backdrop of the last episode to help. Let's choose the sounds S, F, and TH. That would be S, When I say this in a podcast, you can probably hear how difficult it is to hear the differences between them. That's what it's like for our kiddos. You know the sounds, and you can still not hear a huge difference on this podcast. Listen again to how similar they are. So when you teach your kiddos these differences, you are going to use all the other senses too. Since this is clearly not something that they're going to be able to do just by listening, and yet we want to teach the listening, so we want to give them more feedback by giving things for them to see that'll help them. So you are going to call attention to your mouth, help them take a look at your mouth, and see how your mouth is different on all of those sounds. The S, of course, your teeth are closed. The F, your teeth are on your bottom lip, the TH, your tongue is between your teeth. You can use aspects from episodes 56 all the way through this episode. But now just for another new activity, I'm going to give you a game for these sounds. So here's how you would do it. First, talk about how similar they are with your children. Say the sounds and show them how similar they are. Hide your mouth and say the sounds. And just like on this podcast, they will sound really similar to your children. Let them know that all the sounds are right in the front of your mouth. And then show your teeth and mouth again. And this time, show how your sounds are right all in the front of your mouth. It's not like a K and G that's in the back of your throat. But these sounds are right in the front. You are building their awareness. You have just called attention to something that is real important. Placement and sound. Now we're going to throw it into a game. Now a common mistake that I hear parents make when it comes to playing games with their kids is that they want to be sure that their child is challenged. Parents, if you're doing this, your kids are challenged by the life skill alone. Don't trick them. Let them win. Don't figure that if they get the first two, three, four, five right, that it's not hard enough. It is, because they're not doing it in real life. 
And you know what? If you give them a task and they ace it for 10 times, it's practice still. If they're still having fun doing it because they're winning, they probably need that because in another area of life, they feel like they're not. Don't try to trick your kids or make it hard for them on purpose, but rather let them play and celebrate along the way because speech sounds are part of the work of childhood and we don't want to discourage our kids, which happens so easily and we don't mean to. So now when you do this, remember that your goal is to build trust in teaching these hard things. You're building connection. You're building your relationship. So set your child up for success. Let them win. And slowly over time, make the tasks harder. Not the way we do sometimes with adults. Let's say the first five are easy. So the next five are harder. The next five after that are harder yet. That is not how we do it with our kiddos. Because if you remember um, to some other episodes I taught you about your child's brain, their main operating system is the emotional system. It is the limbic brain. So they're not going to be using that part of their brain that is that problem-solving, challenge kind of part. Rather, they're using their emotions. So teach in that center if you want to have good success. And that does require celebration and fun. Okay, mini lecture over. Here's a game. First, find what we call minimal pairs. A minimal pair means you've got one sound difference between words that are otherwise identical. If we're going to take F, S, and TH, you're going to change just the F, S, and TH, but the rest of the word is going to remain the same. This does mean that you will fairly often have a nonsense word. Two of the words will make sense, but one might be nonsense. Don't worry about that. You can giggle with your kids about the nonsense word, or you can say, well, let's Google it and see. And so, like, you might find out that it means something in a different language, or that there actually is a definition for a given word that you might not have known the definition for. You might be surprised that the word exists. But that's not our goal. The goal is fun, and the goal is awareness, and the goal is to hear, to become aware with their hearing. So here's an example. Let's take the word fun, F-U-N, sun, S-U-N, fun, T-H-U-N. Now we know that the last one, with the T-H, is a nonsense word. Here are others. Think, think, sink. And here's a third set. Soot, foot, thut. If you have a hard time thinking of words, just Google the terminology minimal pair and then write the two sounds that you want to work on into Google. And you will find answers. And you can do comparisons with other sounds if these aren't the sounds that your child particularly is struggling with. I chose these because it's not uncommon. I've done a lot of work with reading in first grade, uh, focusing on these sounds and the minimal differences that those sounds have. So let's grab three examples with those sounds at the end of the word. 
Reef, like a Christmas wreath. Reef, like a reef, ocean reef. And then Reese, maybe like uh, Reese's Pieces. So Reese, Reef, Wreath. And you can probably hear, again, in the podcast, in, in the mic here, it's not easy to tell. And that can help you understand how difficult it is for your children to hear. Here are two more. Oaf, Oath, Oath, and Death, Death, Death. Now, there's no magic in the words I just happened to pick. I just googled and chose some vowels and chose some words. And there really is no magic in the ones that I chose. I simply want you to see how different they are. And the now I'm going to take one of those, uh, probably the easiest here just to show you, how you would do it with your kiddo. Let's take fun, sun, fun. Depending on the age of your child, you might want to write the word. You might want to draw a picture to represent the word. You might want to have both the example and the written word together. You might want to only have the letters F on a card, S on a card, TH on a card. Depending on the skill level of your child and the age of your child. So you're going to have some representation of how they're different. You pick. The next thing you do is embed movement because research shows that movement enhances memory. So get those kiddos moving. So these pictures or letters or writings, whatever you've chosen to do, set them up someplace in the room. And if you're outside, go ahead and set them up in various places outside. And you're going to say the words or say the sounds, and your child has to run to the location where that is. And when they get there, they can pick up the that identifier, that piece of paper, and see then if it matches what it is that you say. The action of moving their body and grabbing an item gives their brain added stimulus to be able to hold on to the learning. Now, for us as adults, we tend to think, just sit at the table and look at it. But that's not how your child's brain is going to learn better. In that little laughy period where they run the 10 feet or wherever it is across your house or outside or whatever you're going to do to get that movement, in that little period of time, they relax and giggle, and then they refocus on what it is that they pick up. This enhances that learning to go deeper. So it's like a stop and a start, a stop and a start. And on each of those starts, they get a deeper focus and they can embed it deeper in their brain. Now that you know a little bit of the brain science behind it, I hope you don't feel like you're wasting time. If you follow strategies like these that work with the way your child's brain learns and how it is that they understand, you might do 10 practices instead of 60, and you will get the same learning. Again, this is dependent on your child, on their age, on the sound structures that you're choosing to practice, and if your child has many sounds that they need to practice. But some of these strategies are the kinds of things that speech therapists use in their classrooms, and we will try to reach those practices of 30 or 40 or 50 but we use these little stop and start methods 
in order to let the kid's brain relax so we can suddenly go deep again. And last, and maybe the most important thing, is to celebrate their wins. Because if they're winning and they feel like they're winning, then you're winning. When they practice and explore and imagine and laugh and they find it enjoyable, they are having fun. And remember, this is play. Practice is a form of play. Exploration is playing. Imagination is playing. So you get into that point where your language encourages that and you're celebrating with them, then you have made deeper learning. And that deeper learning happens in play. It happens in fun. So enjoy your short bites and make it enjoyable for you too. So in summary for today, you're going to choose your sounds. And today's example was using F, S, and TH. You might want to do two instead of three. Next, you're going to get some pieces of paper or something that represents those different words and sounds. Depending on the age of your child, it could be the letters themselves, like F on one card, S on another card, TH on the third card. If your child is a little bit younger, you might want the picture, something that represents fun. A simple line drawing of a sun and then for the TH fun, you'll just have to be creative on making something on the piece of paper. Maybe it's going to be a blob or something to represent. Uh, I don't know what that means, but we're listening for it. It will still be teachable. Then the next thing is to put in movement. Place those cards someplace a little distance apart so your child has to run between them. If running isn't an option for your location or for your child, then think about stretching up and down. Think about reaching to the side and then the other side. Something to create a movement, or maybe it's throwing a basketball through a hoop. There's any number of things that you can do that will link the movement to the activity. But for this purpose today, I said run from a place to a place, either um, inside the building, if that's acceptable in your building, or across the lawn. And last, fourth, the most important, celebrate their wins, let them win, let them explore and play, because having fun is a win in and of itself. And if you focus on that part of it as winning, then the learning will just happen as you go. So parents, I hope that you enjoy teaching your parents what we call auditory discrimination. It is hearing the differences between really similar sounds and being able to tell it. If you learned something today or grew in some way, I am very glad and I hope that you will share this episode with somebody else who could also benefit from some of that growing and learning. If you want to dive deeper into your kiddo situation, whether you're thinking behavior or you're thinking speech and language development, contact me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? 
I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.